Welcome to the Market Beautifully podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Market Beautifully podcast. You are listening to episode number four, and it's all about formatting a blog post that turns your website visitors into subscribers. Because isn't that what we all want in this business world of ours? We want everyone that comes to our website or visits our blog post into someone that's actually going to either purchase our product, subscribe to our mailing list, or convert as a client. So formatting blog posts can be a bit tricky. So we're going to break down the tricky part into nine different aspects of what makes up a successful blog post that ultimately turns all those awesome visitors that you have into subscribers. We're going to convert them all. So if you get 100,000 views on the blog post that you have just worked so incredibly hard on, but you are unable to contact any of those people later on, or they simply had no idea where to read or where to go afterwards, then those views aren't near as cool, which really sucks. That number is pretty much pointless. So let's make sure that every single view you get leaves your site wowed, inspired, and ready to take action at the end of every single blog post that they read. So I told you I was gonna break down all of this tricky part of formatting blog posts into nine aspects. So the first aspect is your headline. Let's just start at the very top. We want a catchy headline that stands out. A headline that not only grabs their attention, but practically clicks the read more button for them. I wrote a blog post on the free trick to analyzing your blog post headlines in five seconds that you should definitely check out. And I will make sure to put the link to that blog post in the show notes. You can find those at marketbeautifully.com slash 04. But if you want to analyze your headlines, there are different websites that I include in that blog post that I think you would love. So if you have a headline that grabs their attention and convinces them that reading this post is worth their time, you're doing fantastic already. People are extremely busy, so you have to capture their interest in the span of just a few seconds. So number two, the introduction. Your introduction is typically the first two to three paragraphs of your blog post that explains everything before you get into the meat of the post, which actually solves their problem or gives the explanation of what your post is about in full detail. So these paragraphs, the first few paragraphs of your introduction, are supposed to be full of keywords so the Google bots can crawl and detect what your post is actually about. This helps your SEO out a lot for each of your blog posts. So explain why this topic is so important within this introduction and why it's beneficial to the reader. Introduce the points you're going to cover and how beneficial solving this problem will be while including all of the keywords that are really important to include in these first paragraphs for the search engines that will be going through your blog post and determining where to rank each page on the search results. So explain why this topic is so important and beneficial to the reader. Introduce the points you are going to cover and how beneficial solving this problem will be, all the while including those keywords as well in those first few paragraphs. Next up is solving the problem. So this is the meat of your post. We're going to break up the solution in a variety of different ways for your reader. This can include a video tutorial, a post with headings, a list, or any other way that provides the information they need, but in a very organized format. This is the section that people come to your blog post for in the first place. So make sure that this part of your blog post is very organized, easy to 
to read has a lot of white space and you have broken it up accordingly to the different steps on how to solve their problem or just the different ways of why they came there in the first place. Using headings or a list is a really great idea and one that I use often in my blog post personally. By breaking up the headings, this makes your post a lot easier to read. So make sure to label each heading with an H2 or H3 tag. This helps out with your SEO a lot. If you have no idea what an H2 or an H3 tag even is, you can usually highlight the word and then there's a drop down box that you can choose within your text editor and it has the different tags. Its default is usually paragraph, which is a P tag. All you have to do is click that drop down box and look for the H2, H3. It goes all the way from H1 to H6. So you can look for those tags and you can choose H2 or H3 depending on what you want. You can restyle your H2 or H3 tags, or any tags for that matter, through the CSS of your theme, which is the style sheet, but this is not that important. Just make sure that you are using those tags because that really does help out with SEO. Another thing that you need to make sure of is at least try to have a thousand words, uh, but you can also shoot for around 1500 if possible. You want to put a lot of time in this step because if you write a poor post and don't provide a lot of valuable information, this harms your brand and doesn't give them a very good reason to come back and read the rest of your blog post as well or keeping around on your website and looking through all the other pages that you have available to them. It is worth writing fewer posts that are packed full of quality content than writing more posts that don't provide a lot of quality. Number four is your conclusion. So you're gonna wrap up all the points that you just covered and emphasize again the importance of this topic. This section does not have to be too long at all, but the next few sections are even more important, like the call to action and comment section that I will talk about very soon. And these can be grouped in with the conclusion. You don't have to separate all of them. You can kind of bunch them up together. So within the conclusion, you can include the next few steps that I'm about to talk about. So step five is the call to action you always, always, always want to include a call to action in your conclusion. This is a must. Ask yourself, what do I want my reader to do once they are done reading this post? Obviously, you don't want them to leave, so give them a reason to stay. Do you want them to sign up for a freebie in exchange for their email address? Do you want them to hop on over to another podcast that you created? Do you want them to buy a related product? Whatever it is, create a button or create a link and trigger a pop-up within your blog post or trigger a landing page that they can click onto within your blog post within this conclusion. This is killer because if you don't include this, then they're going to go through all this awesome content that you just created and they're going to leave. And then after they leave, you have no way to either connect with them on a personal level or have them purchase the product which you've already worked so hard on and you know and you believe in will solve their problem. So six is the comment section. You definitely want to include a comment section on your blog. You should always include a question or something that promotes interaction in the comments within your conclusion area. This gets people answering your question or interacting with your post in some way, which helps out in many different ways. Uh, when people leave a comment on your post, taking that action for some reason makes them remember your blog and come back for more. I know from hearing some of my former readers of my blog and they would comment and I would reply back. They always loved that because they feel like they could interact personally with the writer that they just read their post on. So it's just a really cool way to interact with your readers and get them coming back for more. So seven is the author section of your blog post. 
Who wrote this blog post and how do I connect with the author? This is the question that you want to answer in this section. So um, I'm just gonna say a quick example of the author section that I have. What I have is three different sections to my author section in whole. The first part is a circular image of me. And then the second part underneath that, it says about Mara Burks. And then the third section is just a really short paragraph that says, Hey, I'm Mara, a Yorkie-obsessed fur mom who is currently working at a rocking agency as an ad strategist, which I love, and running this blog community as well. I write all the words, create all the designs, and do my best to fuel the passionate professional community throughout my day. So that's what my author section is like. You can make yours however you want to, add a twist, add some links, but make sure that it's there. Eight is related post. So manually link away to any related post that they would be interested in or simply download a plugin like the related post plugin. If you want to download this plugin, um, make sure to just go to my show notes, which is marketbeautifully.com slash zero four. I will include the plugin download link in there. There are a variety of different plugins that provide this. So just look around and find your favorite one. This is definitely mine, but there are a lot more out there. So go feel free and test around. With a plugin that I just mentioned, you can style it in a variety of different ways via CSS, which I find really neat myself. So like I said, feel free to test around, but if you do want this related post plugin, just go to the show notes and I have it there, right there, ready for you to download. So nine is the subscribe box. This is the last thing that I wanna talk about when it comes to formatting that blog post that converts. So give them an opportunity to subscribe again. If you already gave them an opportunity to subscribe in your call to action section of your blog post, it does not hurt to put it out there again for them. The more chances they see it, the better and more likely it will that they click that button and go to that landing page. I actually have something that adds automatically to the end of my blog post, and it's basically just a subscribe box and what it says is, hello love, this is for the female entrepreneur. Are you looking for the free download? Click the button below to have over 90 free stock photos delivered right to your inbox within the next few minutes. And then underneath that, I have a button that says download now with a heart by it. All they have to do is click that button and it leads to a landing page where they enter their email address and then I make sure to send that, that offer of those 90 stock photos or more to their inbox. In my opinion, this is the last step, yes, but it is also the most important. Let's go back to what I said in the very beginning of this podcast. If you have 100,000 views and have no way to reach any of those people again, then that number is pointless. So with this subscribe box, you're giving out a free piece of content or something that provides value to the reader in exchange for their email address. If you include this section to your blog post, you automatically gather that data so you can pull from it whenever you're having a really important launch coming up or whenever you're needing more clients or whenever you can provide any type of value to that list, you can just go ahead and send them then your next free piece of content that you have ready. So this is a really awesome aspect that you definitely need to start including if you aren't already to your blog post that you're currently creating. For all you bloggers out there, I admire all the work you put into your blog. I just wanna say that real quick. And for all you business owners that run a blog as well, I admire how you keep everything so balanced. And I hope this podcast has in some way helped you because structuring your blog post in a specific way makes your post work for you. They make your post work harder for you. Instead of just enhancing your brand, 
you're now making your brand, your blog work for you and gather all of that awesome data that you can use in future launches, in future products, and also in future services that you may offer. Your posts become marketing materials, which puts way less work on you to meet your monthly awareness or sales goals that you may have. So thanks again for tuning in today for the fourth episode on this podcast. I hope you and your business or blog have a great start in 2017 and are pursuing the market beautifully in everything you put out. 